0: welcome to the housetop podcast the teaching arm of oikos ministries jesus said whatever i tell you in the dark speak in the light and what you hear in the ear preach on the housetops join our host terrell Aber as he teaches god's word well we want to welcome you out to facebook live tonight we're back for our uh Continue. All right, there we go. Sorry, had a little something wrong on the video there. So we welcome you back to Oikos Ministries Facebook Live. We're dealing with the Sermon on the Mount, and tonight we're going to try our best to bring a conclusion. Uh, It's quite a lengthy passage here, but I believe it to be one context, and I really want to uh, try to get this imparted in one uh context because it, it it flows together and you'll see as we get into this thing so uh, i have really enjoyed teaching through this series and uh i, I think tonight is going to be a powerful time and we'll go into it i i can warn you ahead of time we will probably go over uh, and so if this is the first time you have ever joined us or first time you have ever heard our of our ministry you can catch up on this teaching or other teachings like this on our website at www com. and you can you can find us there, and uh, we have literally everything you can think of on there concerning our audios and videos, and also uh, concerning the house church ministry that we're involved in. So uh, let's, without further ado, let's get into the Sermon on the Mount. We're in chapter seven of Matthew, thirteenth verse. Jesus says, "Enter you in at the straight gate." For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leads into life, and few there be that find it. I believe as Jesus comes to the conclusion on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, I could really summarize everything he's done into this entering into the great gate. I believe the entire Sermon on the Mount is the straight gate it is the way to enter in it 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 begins to discuss everything from the dna of the new birth all the way through to the christian behavior how to pray fast how to uh you know uh, do our alms and giving it teaches us all about getting a proper perspective our relationship to finance and and worldliness versus the kingdom of god and well we go into all these things and then into Christian behavior. But when he gets to this point, enter in at the straight gate because wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there be that go in that way. And I can tell you, look what he's saying. Many people are going in, they're following Jesus in a broad way, a a wide destructive path. And I'm going to get back to this as we bring the end of the context together. But I can tell you right now, many are being deceived many are following in a wrong way and they're following doctrines of devils, spirits of error uh Damnable heresies and uh, many, uh, you know, uh, somewhere around in the late 1900, uh, 1990s and the early 2000s, it became popular to say, you know, we, we shouldn't major on the minors. Uh, you know, doctrine's not that important. And I want to tell you that is probably that I, I believe that was just coined in hell because doctrine is extremely important. It is absolutely important to know what we believe and whom we believe. Uh, that that said so we're going to get into that in a a clear way but he says many are going into a broad way of destruction it has everything to do with christianity it has everything to do with following jesus in a wrong way in a wrong path now and look what he says enter in at the straight gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way And, and now what's amazing is they're saying there's many ways to god now they're saying that you know, if you take uh, uh, surveys of, of Christianity and the people who practice the Christian religion, you find out that most people today don't believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. Many, as a matter of fact, there's such a biblical ignorance now, uh, almost the Bible has become irrelevant to Christianity. And so when we see this, this kind of scenario taking place, no wonder that broad is the way that leads to destruction. And, uh, and so it's almost a, a Broadway thing. If you think of Broadway, you think of Hollywood, you think of acting, you think of play acting. Uh, and that's really what it it's the hypocrisy known. Uh, that's what the hypocrites the The actors in the Roman days were called hypocrites and that's what many church people are today. And he says, straight is the way, the gate, and narrow is the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. So he talks about the narrow path, the narrow way of Christianity. Now, I've been in Christianity for 41 years now. I was raised in the Christian religion, so I've been in, exposed all my life to Roman Catholicism for the first 17 years, pure hedonism, for the next seven years. And then now I'm I'm literally 41 years into Christianity. And so when I look at the idea of being a Christian for all this length of time, uh, I've seen uh, every kind of thing you can deal with. But I, I can tell you right now, when you talk about narrows the gate, there seems like the longer I stay on this road, the narrower it becomes. I'm not trying to make it narrower for anybody else. I'm just telling you, I believe this narrow way uh, which I believe is described in all the Sermon on the Mount, this narrow path starts with number one, the cross. The cross of Christ, I believe the cross is the instrument of death. I believe it's despised by the world, it's despised by flesh. Oh, it becomes a fashion symbol a, 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 and it becomes a, a tattoo symbol or it becomes a, a, a piece of jewelry item. But let me tell you, the world and the flesh despise the cross, because it's the instrument of torture that identifies most with Jesus Christ. And I can tell you right now, it's the cross is for for display of jewelry. It is literally for the death penalty and the death sentence. And then the Christian is commanded to take up the cross daily and follow Jesus. And the cross isn't just to make the way heavier. Or, or, it's literally to keep it handy, to kill your own will at every juncture where we seem to be tempted or want to disobey, it's time to kill the will of man, crucify it, crucify ourselves to this world so that Christ may have his way in us. And I tell you, our prayer life should be a consistent Gethsemane. Now, there's, that doesn't even kind of describe Christianity as we know it today. It's, it's literally exactly flip-flop opposite of that, and we'll get more into that as we develop this whole context. So I believe the way... Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. And so we know that the way is not a system or a series of teachings or doctrines. The way is a person. The way is Christ. The way of Christ is to live Christ-like, to live our life as Christ did. And if you do, I can promise you the world will hate your guts. I can promise you that the world will want to kill you. Simple as that. It's not a popularity contest. It's not going to make you, uh, win friends and influence people. It's not going to make you the, 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 the prosperous and happy and whole health. Oh, no, it's none of those things. It's literally the way that's despised by the world. As a matter of fact, the earliest term for Christianity was people of the way. And so there's a way it's the way and it's Christ. And I can tell you, there's two parts that my thinking on The number one part is the way of the cross. The number two part is the way of holiness. When Isaiah saw this in Isaiah 35, he said, talking of the end times, he said, there will be a way. And he said, the unclean shall not pass on there, or the wayfaring man will not go there, but only the redeemed, the ransom of the Lord will walk there. There is a way, it's called the highway of holiness. It's a separated life that separates us from the world and separates us to God. I want to tell you, that ain't popular today, because today's modern Christianity is so in love with the world, and so we've we've learned a way to try to have our cake and eat it too. That's what the Broadway is about. It wants to teach you how to be the world, be all you can be, best life now. Got to bat my eyes when I say that. Hey, you got to have your, be- I mean, everything is about your prosperity, your happiness, your destiny, your breakthrough, your, oh my goodness, they're pumping you so full of smoke. They're pumping you up every day, stroking your emotions that God is up there just to make you be all you can be. No. It's a lie. As a matter of fact, watch what he rolls right into. Enter you into the straight gate for wide is the gate that leads and brought us away that leads to destruction, destruction, utter ruin. And it, intru- it includes the idea of eternal damnation. Many there be which go in there at what makes you think you're not part of the many in a generation literally filled with lies and a church literally filled with heresies, damnable heresies, doctrines of devils, seducing spirits. Keep going. Because straight is the gate, narrows the way which leads to life, and few there be that find it. What makes you think you're one of the few? Stay with it. Beware of false prophets. Did he change subjects? Why in the idea? He introduces this idea of the way. That there's a broad way being offered and there's a narrow way. And then he says, beware of the false prophet. Now I'm fixing to enter into a realm of Christianity that is literally the the wokest part of Christianity. You're never supposed to talk about the false prophet. You're not, you're judging. And we're all supposed to be inclusive and ecumenical and we all sing kumbaya and cause there's many ways to God and there's many ways to look at this thing. And I mean, we could be our Catholic brother, our Methodist brother, our aborting brothers, our, our, our homosexual brother. Are you out of your rabid mind? We've lost our minds. Our collective minds in Christianity is lost because we've lost the way. We want many way. We want a broad way, not a narrow way. You see, we're so smart today. We have learned to incorporate worldliness and in Christianity. We can have them both and feel good about it. That is a deception. Beware of the false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening wolves. Now, what is a sheep's clothing? We're told to beware of them. Keep this in mind. Be attentive to look out for this. Beware, caution, look out. They're there. They exist. Yet we're not supposed to just like judge not. We're not supposed to say this and especially don't name names. Folks, as they come up tonight, I don't care who likes it or don't like it. I really don't care. I want to say stuff tonight about false prophets because they're liars. Just today, a newspaper article today, a young man set into ministry way ahead of his time. What's he doing? T- he's in adultery already. They had to step him down this week right here in our area, right here, going on real time right this minute. So, okay. Yeah. And, and by, while that, while I'm talking about the mega churches in the Baton Rouge area, I wonder when Bethany's bringing Kanye West back. Let's just say it. Come on, man. Let's just keep moving. False Beware of false prophets right here in our room. Maybe they can bring Cesar Castellanos and Kanye West together. We bring the whole band back together. Why don't we bring them all back together? And while we're at it, why don't we bring in Todd White too? We could have a great conference and we could call it Hell Came to Visit. Yeah, I said it right here on Facebook Live. Go ahead, boys. Let's get it on. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing and inwardly they are ravening wolves. What is a sheep's clothing? Oh, wait a minute. Let me think. I believe that in the Bible, it teaches us that we will be robed in righteousness, righteousness. Now, let me tell you, the righteousness of the new covenant is a righteousness by faith, a righteousness which comes by grace through faith. That is the you see, I believe the sheep's clothing is a lying gospel of a lying grace. Oh, they preach grace. And boy, we love them. Boy, do they teach grace. Boy, they teach us some grace. I tell you, I've heard enough grace right now that I am convinced that the devil gets saved. That's how good the grace is. Oh, we got grace coming out the wazoo right now, folks. There is greasiest grace that's ever been. Now, I believe in the grace of God, but let me tell you what's being offered today ain't got nothing to do with the grace of God. It's a lying, let's don't ask, don't tell. Everybody's included in the club. I don't judge you, you don't judge me. We all do our own thing. This is the lie from hell. These ravening wolves are dressed in sheep's clothing. They talk about the gospel of grace while they're literally in literally entrenched in sin, churches slap full of sin. Beware of the false prophet who come to you in sheep's clothing. They're dressed like us. They're dressed like sheep. Now, let me just say this about sheep. I've been around livestock quite a bit. I have goats. I like goats. Contrary to the scripture, I do like them, but because they're, they're, they have personality sheep or they don't. The sheep are dumb. I mean, if you're ever around sheep, they're just it was not a compliment. We weren't we're not just these balls of fluff and fur. Oh, look how cute sheep that no, the sheep or sheep because we're just that dumb. It was not paying us a compliment. Stay with it. Beware of false prophets. Beware of them. Keep it in mind. Be attentive to this. They're out there like crazy and they want to eat your soul. They, they inside look outside. They look good, man. Have you ever seen the modern dress of the modern prophet? They look good. Huh? Let me tell you something. I heard about one pastor and they said, well, he's come to the place in his ministry now where he needs a two thousand dollar suit. Said who? Why? What makes you think you need a two thousand dollar suit? But we send in money. I listened to Paula White, a little excerpt on Paula White this week. Uh, send me $126 according to Psalm 126. Maybe you need to send $1,260. Maybe you need to send $12,600 according to Psalm 126. Because he who goes forth weeping, bearing precious seed, will doubtless come again rejoicing. And if you send Paula White a check for a 126 and add the zeros to your heart's content, then you're going to come home rejoicing because you gave Paula some money and she can dress and be an adulterous whore that she is. And that's what she is. Said it again right here on Facebook Live. Now, stay with it. Beware. Can you believe she said she got a divorce? It was the will of God so her and her husband could expand their ministries. And we're going to send her that check for $126. Yes, sir, because I'm going to come in bringing the sheaves with me. And look, and now I'm the wicked one now for judging. You're judging, Brother Terry. You're judging. You're not even a brother anymore. You're one of them mean Christians. I'll tell you what's mean. Let me tell you what's mean. When you stand before God, having believed the gospel of Paula White, and you go straight to hell, that's mean. I'm trying to deliver your soul. Quit sending these devils money. They'll go broke and they'll do something else. Really, they don't have to. They'll just retire on the money you already gave them. And we need to send them in retirement. Now, stay with it. Watch this carefully. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. I believe without it. Look, God showed me that early on in my ministry. Sheep's clothing was a a false grace. But inwardly, they're ravening wolves. They look good externally, but inwardly, they want to devour your soul. When a prophet stands, a false prophet stands at the desk day in, day out, when they have three, four, five offerings in a church service, they could care less about your well-being. They want your money and you're too dumb to stop giving it to them. You shall know them by their fruits. You see, they must be good people. They, look, their audience. There's there's ten thousand people in their audience. There's forty thousand people in their audience. These are bearing good fruit. Well, let me tell you this much. There's more at the rock concert. There's more at the Super Bowl. So, if the size of the audience makes them good fruit, well, then certainly everybody in the Super Bowl, everybody at the at the car race, everybody at any sporting event is certainly in the kingdom of God because that's the good fruit, isn't it? Let me think. I'm trying to count up how many were standing at the cross when Jesus. uh, um. I'm trying to remember how many disciples did he have? Wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to discern what he said. Many go into the Broadway, but few there be. And some poor preacher is standing in a little bitty building, can barely meet the bills. And he's preaching repentance. And all four people said, Amen. And yeah, they call that's a dead church. It's a dead church. Oh, they're dead over there. They ain't got no life in them. And so you pull all the musicians out the barroom night before last and you bring them, or last night and bring them in Sunday morning. You sober them up, give them some coffee so we don't smell their breath. Make them look a little bit, Christianize them as sanitize them as much as they can so they can lead us and bring us into the anointing, brother. Stay with me. I was hoping to move through this quicker, but this is a hot button. This world is crawling with these creeps, creepy crawlers. You should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? I started pondering that really harder than I ever have as I came and approached this. And I think of the, the grapes from thorns. You know, when I think of thorns, I don't think of thorns. I think of the ones on the head, the crown of Jesus. And I think of grapes and the fruit of the grape, the blood. It's a representation of the blood. This is my blood shed for all men. And they took the crown of thorns and stabbed it into the thinking cap of Jesus. We don't like your thoughts. <clears throat> Take this. Do men gather. Let me tell you, these false prophets despise Jesus. I heard uh, Miles Monroe at one of his conferences before he died. Good riddance to him. He died. He's a false prophet and a ravening wolf in wolf's in sheep's clothing. He said, Don't nobody here want to hear nothing about no blood of Jesus? That's what he said. I heard him say it with his own ears. He's a lying, demonic, demonized, false prophet. His plane crashed, good riddance. I believe he's in hell. Maybe that was a temporal judgment that saved him, but I'm telling you right, if he didn't get saved, he if that didn't, wasn't his judgment, he's in hell now. You say, man, you're out on a limb. I am out on a limb. I'm ready to go all the way. I mean, saw it all. I don't care. I don't really care. Jesus said, beware, be attentive. Put this in mind. Caution. Look out for the false prophet. Yet the devil said, you're judging. You can't talk about this. I'm going to talk about it as much as I want to. Kenneth Copeland said, he said with his own lying lips. If a widow gives you her last five dollars, you take it. Now, this man has seven hundred million dollars. He said, you take her last five dollars. You're the man of God. You deserve it. If it were legal to punch, I would punch him. Everything in my heart wants to just literally go Old Testament on him. In the same sermon, same context, he said, I have a fifteen thousand dollar dog. And I'm praying about getting a $30,000 doll, praying about getting it while in the same cut. You say, I will take money from a widow so I can live a lavish lifestyle. Sir, you have your reward. And I'm telling you, there'll be a day when you wish somebody would dip their finger in water and touch your tongue to relieve the suffering in hell. Kenneth Copeland, why do you send the man a nickel? One of our members is saying Paula White was spiritual advisor to President Trump. Is it any wonder? And if you think Trump is the is 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 the godly man and Christian, he Trump's a devil too. He's a modern Nebuchadnezzar. Said that too, right out loud. Maybe Facebook will exalt me now. They like me talking against Trump. And look here, you should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns? Or figs from thistles? You see the fig tree has always represented man's attempt to cover his own self. It's a a picture of religion every time it's mentioned. The fig is a represent or the fig leaf, you remember Adam covered himself with a fig leaf. They covered their nakedness. It's man's attempt to cover his own nakedness. But he said, Do we gather figs from thistles? Now literally the thistle is a is a plant that has spiny stickers all over the thing, and it's harmful to other plants. Well, i am tell you right now, you're not going to gather the good. You see, my Bible talks about religion in a good way. And it says, here's a good religion. Listen to this carefully. It says, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. Visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction and keep yourself unspotted from the world. Just recently, I did a whole bunch of work for a widow. I'm not honking my own horn. Uh, But look, I was wore out. I was so tired. My Bible said that's pure religion, but I didn't hear the crowds going, ooh, j- ooh, shout to the Lord all the earth. No, I didn't hear none of that. By the way, Brian Houston is a liar. Brian Houston and the Stocksteel family defended him. I called out Brian Houston years ago because he said that Allah and God are the same people in a pastor's conference. He's a bald-faced liar. Now his daddy's a pedophile. His brother's a homosexual. They're marrying them. Now his whole deal's being exposed. And every freak show on the planet is having a, a Brian Houston day. Now, their, their churches are all are, are just as freaky as they he is. It's a messed up scenario. It's messed up in the foundation. It's going to be messed up everywhere. Call out another one. Defend them now, folks. Why don't, where are you now? Well, now they're, we shouldn't talk. We should pray for that brother. I'm praying for all the folks that they're deceiving. That's who I'm praying for. These people know better. I'm telling you, they know better. I heard one prophet say, well, brother, we just got to, Feed the sheep and milk them goats. I won't call his name because I have a little respect for it. Not much. Keep going. Even so, you can't gather figs of thistles and grapes of thorns. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit. Let me talk to you a little bit more about the prophet. I'll get back to this bearing fruit. We're gonna, we to get that to a very real clarity here, just Charlie. By the way, this is gonna go over, so if you gotta go to bed early or something, you can catch the rest of it if they allow this to be posted. Turn with me to Matthew 24. Matthew 24th chapter. The disciples had just asked Jesus a question about the temple, about when would the destruction of the temple come? What would, uh, uh you know, w- when would he come back and what would the end of the world be? Three questions. And uh and so Jesus began to answer those three questions all in a row. And verse four, he says in Matthew chapter 24, um, it's very, very prophetic verses here. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Now, this is. Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the Lord and savior and king of all Christianity and his kingdom will know no end. He said, take heed that no man deceive you. Pay attention that no man deceive you. John MacArthur is a deceiver. You see, he teaches on... A, 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 a hyper idea of there's only a few that are chosen by God and you ain't one of them. And, and then basically a, a once saved, always saved. You see those two things. The sinner's prayer and, 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 and once saved, always saved. I believe to be the root of the biggest demonic heresy going. Stay with me. Stay with it. Watch what he said. Let no man deceive you by any means. For many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. Now we can look at that way, uh, three, three different ways. There's some people who claim that they're Jesus Christ. Now, there's all kind of wackos out there that do that. All right. So that's not too far fetched to interpret it that way. There's another way to say it. Say, I am Christ. Christ means anointed. Let me say you this. Now we're getting more on relevant terms. Listen to your TBN broadcast next week and they're going to talk about, I'm the anointed one. I have an anointing. You got to, get, you better send your $126 and you're going to get some of this anointing. That's the Christ. It's, many are going to say, I'm Christ. There's there so many out there pro- literally promoting their own anointing. There's a third way to do this. Many will come saying that Jesus is Christ and shall deceive many. I believe that's the most dangerous ones. So some people just claim to be Jesus Christ. Some people claim they're the anointed. And then thirdly, there is this idea that uh, they say that Jesus is Christ and then go on to teach all kind of heresy, damnable heresy, doctrines of devils, seducing spirits. Stay with me. You shall hear of wars, rumors of wars. Be not troubled. All these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Nations shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrow. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And you shall be hated of all nations from a namesake. Now there's one of your, your end time, here's here's one of the, the, the big deals going on right now. Here's an end time prophecy. Uh, Christians don't face tribulation. You know, God never lets tr- Christians go through tribulation. Unless you're a Christian and, and 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 you're being taken by Boko Haram, unless you're a Christian and happen to live in Syria, or Iran, or Iraq, or or, or, or or come on, unless you're a Middle Eastern Christian who's having your life and livelihood taken away, your house taken away, all that. But we mean American Western Christians. We don't never go through anything yet. Jesus said, "All who suffer, all who." Uh, live godly in Christ, Jesus shall suffer persecution. Jesus said in the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The apostle Paul said only through much tribulation shall we enter the kingdom of God. Oh, yet, but the false prophet has a way better way. See, we can have our cake and eat. We can say we, uh, we love Jesus and then and then switch gears. John MacArthur said you could take the mark of the beast and if you're one of God's chosen, you won't go to hell with the mark of the beast. Contrary to the very word of God, John MacArthur may be the most wicked man on the planet, right. one of them, right now. I said it right there on Facebook Live. It it amazed me of the Christian people who listen to Charles and Andy Stanley. Liars from the pit they said you could lose your faith and still go to heaven if you're once saved, always saved. You could literally go to heaven without even having faith. Even you can even literally denounce your faith, go back the other way. Andy Stanley said, it's like a tattoo. Once you have it, you can't get rid of it. Does this make you uncomfortable? Uh, you, know, you see, everyone out there who don't like this kind of message is comforting themselves and saying, that guy right there, look how angry he is. It's an evil preacher. You doggone right I'm angry. I fight only now with words. That's all I got. And I'll have very few. I have a small platform. And let me tell you something. I don't fear these false prophets one bit. I don't respect them. Don't like them. Don't count them. Christian, they're ravening wolves that want to eat your soul. And many of you are half eaten and you still go, I love brother. I love brother Copeland. Why are you talking to him? Well, give him some more money. Go and finish yourself off. Dummy. Dumb can you get and still have breath? These guys are stealing you blind. Keep reading. If you're still there, stay with me. Jesus said, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Is that the way Christianity is presented all today? Uh, No, man, you're going to have the favor of God. You have Jolo said, favor of God. I have the favor of God. Favor of God. So is it not the favor of God when they torture you and kill you? Is it not the favor of God? Well, did Christ not have the favor that Joel knew? Jesus couldn't even live out their doctrine. And then shall many be offended. I want you to see this carefully. Then shall many be offended. Why are they offended? Because many people who have followed the many broad way are going to say, I don't want the kind of Christianity that gets me in trouble. I don't want the kind of Christianity that's going to make the government hate me and the world hate me and my family hate me. I don't want that Christianity. I want acceptable Christianity. I want Christianity that still does Halloween and trick-or-treat. I want the Christianity that still does Christmas. I want Santa Claus Christianity and Easter Bunny Christianity. Many shall be offended. Let me tell you, the word offended means scandalized, scandalizo. We've been offended and rocked time and again by church scandal. Again and again and again. I read just this week that there are, I don't want to get my numbers wrong. I think it's 30% less church attendance post COVID versus pre. I wouldn't go to church either if you shut down for a mask. Just saying. Anyway, look at there. Many shall be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. This is where we are right now. Everything's offensive now. Everybody's offended about everything. huh? Andrew Jackson led the battle that saved New Orleans. His statue stood in Jackson Square in New Orleans forever. Then somebody said we should be offended. Andy Jackson offended let's take his statue down <laughs> that's funny nobody was offended for 200 years and now all of a sudden oh we hate him I'm suddenly offended words that meant nothing forever now I'm suddenly offended gay meant happy now I'm offended for that word uh, queer meant odd and unusual now I'm offended and we're all being forced to think the way woke thinks. And let me tell you what, you can have my head, but you'll never have my heart. You're never going to get me to change my thinking toward this foolishness. Many prop Listen, because many are offended, many are offended and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. Let me tell you what offended people are prime targets for false prophets. Come to our church. See that mean old preacher over there said mean things to you when he called out your sin. That mean old preacher wouldn't let you live with your boyfriend or girlfriend. That, that mean old preacher, come to our church. We're welcoming and accepting here. That mean old preacher don't accept homosexuals and lesbian and LBGQ and and and, and, and woke and pan, transpan, whatever the name of it. Come to our church. We're loving, we're accepting here we love you how much money you got by the way many will be see an offended generation is literally a vacuum for the false prophet oh give it, a, it they just they feast on it <sighs> Come here. We have a better way of Christianity than that. Oh, you they preach fire and brimstone. They make you feel bad about your sin. Oh, come over here. We love it. We will never say anything that ever make you offended. Huh? If you can go to your church in year in year out and never get offended. This is a precursor to Hell. You have literally been rocked to sleep satanically. Many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many will wax cold. That's why there's a great falling away right now. Falling away from truth, falling away from church. Nobody even cares right now. Turn with me to Matthew 24, verse 23 to 27. Look just a little further on. Then if any man shall say unto you, lo, here is Christ or there, believe it not, for there shall rise false Christs and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. The rise of the false prophet and the false sign and wonder. Oh, look here. If that, oh, you need to go to my church. When my prophet, when our prophet speaks, everybody falls down at the altar. They fall down. They fall down. You hear me? They fall down. And they fall down. Woo! And what happened? Did they get up transformed? Or did they get in such the presence of God they got healed? Or No, they fell down. What happened next week? They fell down again. Oh, it's great. They fall down. Okay. Can't wait to get there. I want to put on my best suit to go fall down. Where's my white jacket? I'll throw it at him. When's Bethany bringing Benny Hinn back, by the way? While we're on the false prophet kick. Man, wouldn't it be a great confidence? Benny, Todd, huh? Kanye, he could lead the singing and the preaching. Wow, it'd be awesome. Maybe he'd and we could get us all back into groups of 12. I'm on it tonight, but I don't really care. Did I tell you I don't care? I care about the souls that are being deceived and being hoodwinked by the devil every day. And I don't care about that peer group I just mentioned. I don't care. I don't need your smile and I don't fear your frown. You make me want to throw up. I do not want to be identified with any of that. That's why I quit all these pastors conferences and all that stuff. Now, I don't care. I want accountability. I want peer relationship. But let me tell you what, if I got a compromise for that, I don't want it. I'll stand by myself and die on that rock. I don't care. Stay with it. Look what he's just said. False prophets, great signs and wonders that could maybe deceive the elect. Maybe we we could just see. These all the uh, how many miracles are we hearing about? Oh, the miracle! Come to our miracle conference. Miracles, miracles, miracles are abounding. And yet, you know, I've been in this thing forty-one years, and I've watched. I went. I've been around some of the latest and greatest healers, and you know, what? I ain't seen one of them heal a flea with a headache. Let them boast. Turn with me to Second Corinthians 7, 16. sixteen. I'm going to try to speed up. I'll try every now and then these names pop into my mind and I can't help myself. Now they've been, they've, they've been needing a good calling out. Second Corinthians 11th chapter. Starting in the seventh verse, it says, have I committed an offense? This is the apostle Paul speaking in abasing myself that you might be exalted. Because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely. Basically, the Apostle Paul came into the Corinthian community, a very wealthy community at the expense of other churches. He was sent there and he didn't charge them a dime for preaching, teaching. And and he he was literally a paid apostle paid by other churches. Watch carefully. I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was I was chargeable to no man for that which was lacking to me that the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied and in all things I've kept myself from being burdensome to you and so will I keep myself. So the apostle Paul said, look here, I'm your missionary. I'm here preaching the gospel. You. Other churches sit free and took care of me and my physical needs and took care of my housing, everything I needed. <clears throat> so I won't be chargeable for you. Now watch carefully. As the truth of Christ is in me, no man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of occasion. Wherefore, because I love you not, God knows, but what I do, that will I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory, they may be found even as we are. So all these other preachers that are bragging about their ministries, he said, I want them to be like us. I want them to get their funding from an actual church somewhere, not coming over here trying to suck money out of you Corinthians who got money. Stay with it. Watch carefully. The apostle Paul was walking on eggshells with this thing. He did not want a very wealthy community giving him money. Watch carefully. For As a matter of fact, the Macedonian brother were dirt poor and they took care of him. For such are false apostles. What? Deceitful workers transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And I bet you their grace, their, their grace message was like grease dripping a, Oh, God loves you so much. And He has a plan for your life. And He's here to give you your breakthrough so you can get to your destiny. And He loves you so much that He wants you to be all you can be and have your best life now. And no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. The Apostle Paul said, I want all these guys exposed. If they're trying to take money from you, I'm telling you they're false prophets." They're false. prophets. Not that the apostle Paul didn't receive money or have his ministry supported. He said, I'm against those who are going into wealthy communities and taking your money. They're false apostles. You see, this stuff don't fly in the third world. I mean, they try to work it over there, but they ain't got nobody got any money. So they flit in there in their jet. And they they do a little few conferences. Creflo Dollar flew into Rwanda right right before I got to my one of my trips to Rwanda. He he, had, he was charging those poor pastors. I'm want to say like a hundred dollars to meet with him for ten minutes. Surely he has his reward. Second Peter, second chapter. One of the greatest passages about false prophets in the new covenant or in the the new Testament, second Peter chapter two, starting in the first verse. But there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresy, even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon themselves. Swift destruction. And many, remember, many there be that go there, thereat. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. What? You see, the false prophet's message, look, the, 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 the profiteers, the, 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 the prosperity teachers of today literally undermine and go against every teaching of Christ that there is. When Jesus says deny yourself, they're saying indulge yourself. Jesus says separate from the world. They're saying engage in the world. As a matter of fact, they want the world in their church. They've made the church look like world. And here's the thing. Hey, all right. Here you go, pastor, with your disco ball and your, and your strobe lights. What you going to do? Robot and be, come on. What you trying to do with that fake anointing, pastor? I saw one pastor say, it don't hurt nothing. Yeah, it does. It's an affront to the gospel. You're trying to be the world. Why don't you fire up a reefer for them? I think some of them are. Man, if we are gonna go that far, let's smoke some dope. You put on the whole party atmosphere. Turn the lights off. Uh, yeah, let's walk in darkness. It's a great idea, preacher, just like Jesus said. I hope you're wiggling, preacher. I hope I hope when you go to church Sunday, the only people show up is your drunk band members. Hope they all leave your churches. I couldn't care less. If every one of them shut down and your bank notes went went off and they and they turned your 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 places into Amazon super centers I couldn't care less look and through covetousness they will with faked words make merchandise of you if it doesn't get any clearer please help me understand I want to shake you by the teeth I would look through covetousness everybody is covetous in America That's how the whole advertisement system works through covetousness, which is idolatry and through covetous with fake words. They make merchandise of you. Come and I will give you some of this water. I dipped myself from the Jordan River. Oh, I've got some splinters from the cross of Christ that I'm going to poke you in the eye with. Come on, you come to my church and I'm going to give you this uh, this anointed oil and this. come, Come. Come on, come on! What's wrong with you? And you pay them for it, and through covetousness. And when you get this, you're gonna your wealth is coming through. And when you make that offer, when you write that check, your money's gonna come. Money cometh continually to me. And Jesse Duplantis, oh, he's so funny. He's so funny, Joe. He, he laughs. He won't be laughing in hell. He says he's rich. I'm not rich. I'm filthy rich. That's what he said. I'm not wealthy. I'm filthy rich. Yeah, you have your reward. Let me tell you what. Because you say you're rich and increase with goods, you're blind, you're wretched, you're poor, you're blind, you're naked. You can't even see other than your big crowd and your money. Get you a jet. Fly, baby, fly, because I'm going to tell you right now, you got an eternity to think it back over. They make merchandise out of you. They're literally making merchandise out of the church. They're draining people for every dime they can get out of folks. And I, I for one, am sick of it. Let me tell you something. Turn TBN off. Man, turn Caleb off for all that goes. Turn that off. It ain't nothing but a big old Catholic song all day long. The Pope. Let me just get on the big one. The big dog himself. Pope Francis. Pope Francis is an evil, wicked, lying prophet. This week, last week, excuse me, he baptized 13 infants. Oh, he baptized them and he said, I'm so glad you should write down and remember the day that you entered the kingdom of God. Literally by pouring water on their head, he said that made them enter the kingdom of God. He said they're new. That, that's the new birth and this saved them from hell. It's an exciting day. And I rejoice about mothers in particular today. They're all these moms. I'm glad to see these mothers holding their babies because the mother is always closest to the baby. Always closest. The mother is always closer than the father. That's why we pray, pray to Our Lady, the Blessed Virgin. He's damning 2.2 billion people on this planet. Bring him with, bring y'all with him. You can't even see it. He is the chief lying prophet. There's none like him. My day wouldn't be complete without shooting one at him. This is serious, folks. And yet we go in day in, day out, going to their churches, Methodist churches are trying to pull out because they have a a whole woke LGBTQ agenda on one side and the other side. Hey, man, I don't think it says that in the Bible. Let's go the other way. Come on, man. I don't even know which camp. I know one thing. Split them up, boys. Split them up. Split that thing. John Wesley would start it all over. I tell you, John Wesley wouldn't have nothing to do with either side. (sighs) Help us. He'd go preach in the field again. Jump ahead to verse nine over here in second Peter. The Lord knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust for the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they're not afraid to speak eagle of dig- dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power might bring not railing accusations against the, them before the Lord. But these as natural brute beasts being made, made to be taken and destroyed speak of the th- evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. They shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime spots. They are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings. While they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have ex- exercised with covetous practice, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, falling in the way of Balaam, the son of Bossar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness uh, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice, forbade him to the madness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds they are that are carried without a, without a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved for ever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from, the, from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption for of whom a man is overcome of the same as he brought into bondage. For if after they've escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter in is worse than with them than in the beginning. It had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than that they which have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog has turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And so here we see the very definition of the false prophet, the false teacher, that literally he beguiles unstable souls, having eyes full of adultery. And through much wantonness, he uses the, Desires of the flesh to make his plea. He uses the, yeah, oh, I mean, he puts everybody in heaven. I want to tell you, he puts them all in heaven. That's what we want anyway, isn't it? Turn to 1st John chapter 4. One more quickie out here to, in the old, in the, in the Gospels or in the epistles. Verse 1. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are going to the world. 2,000 years ago, The apostle John said many false prophets are going out into the world. Trial, test them, judge them, put them to the test. Hereby we know the spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Now, here's a great doctrine for you. You know, uh, my heart loves Jesus, but my flesh still is fallen and it just does what it wants to. My heart loves him, but this flesh, it just still sins. Now, that's standard teaching today, folks. My heart loves God, but my flesh is still wicked. You know, nobody's perfect. We all sin. We sin, sin, sin. We sinners, we can't help ourselves. That's the false grace of today. A grace that can save you in the future, but has no power for you today. None whatsoever. It's a futuristic salve that just says, oh, in the end, you're going to go to heaven. But right now, you just struggle away. And when, we, when you die, you'll become an angel. You'll be in a better place now. That's what they tell you. Every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist wherever you've heard that it should come and even now is already in the world. See, the spirit of Antichrist, when, when John first introduced the spirit of Antichrist, he said, immediately follow, he said, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. The Antichrist teaches the anti the spirit of Antichrist teaches you to love the world and all the things that are in the world. And through much wantonness, they allure through the flesh. And they say, "Man, if you come to God, you're going to get that new house. You're going to get that new car. You're going to get that healing. You're going." To... But they promise you everything that your flesh desires. Listen to this carefully. You're of God, little children, and have overcome them because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. They speak of football. They speak. Look, how many of your preachers are standing at their platform and talking about football? Hey, go Tigers! Hey, LSU! LSU! L- I hear them talking about the little slur against Joe Biden about the let's go, and I'm not going to repeat it. They're, churches are chanting that stuff churches They are the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us, and he is not of God, hears not of us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How? If they're speaking of the world, they're of the world. As simple as that. If all they can talk about is your place in worldliness... If all that preacher can talk about is the worldliness and, 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 and being part of the world and getting your share of the piece of the pie and all, come on, man, there's something wrong. There's a distinction between the kingdom of God and the kingdoms of this world. In Revelation 16, 19, and 20, it talks about the false prophet, the false prophet in the last days. And I bring this up because I believe right now, that the beast is manifest. I believe America is the beast of Revelation 13 and the second beast of Revelation 13 is the false prophet and the, and the, and the, 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 the the whore, the harlot, Babylon rides on the beast and the false prophet is their mouthpiece. And I believe this to be media, big tech, and literally they've opened their mouth to release a flood of lies in this world. And I've never seen it. I'm tell you, I've never seen the lies being released like they are right now. The only thing we have that's called truth is God's word. And, 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 and here's the terrible part. Most people don't know God's word from uh, Time magazine. Let's go back to Matthew 7. And I'm going to try to bring this thing to a contextual closure. You go back and read these things carefully. I've, I feel rushed to, to present. It's a lot of info. But if you think false prophet is a, a little small thing in the corner, the Old Testament is loaded. With, I, I don't even have kind of the time to go into the Old Testament, but it didn't go away in the New Testament. As a matter of fact, it is enlarged in the New Testament. And I really believe it's winning the day on what's visible Christianity and what's media seen Christianity in most places. Now, listen carefully. Beware of false prophets, verse 15 which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravening, ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Every Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So what? Fruits could be seen. Certainly, I brought up the idea of the uh, figs and the thistles and the grapes and uh, uh, figs uh, that those, you know, you can't get grapes from the thorns and you can't get figs from the thistles. You won't get pure religion from a, a thistle plant. You won't get. Uh, but I tell you one thing, you can get false religion. And I tell you another thing, you can get uh, a doctrine that will literally pierce thorns into the head of Christ in just about any church you want to go to today. While swearing, they're not. But I believe the telling, the most telling thing. You see, John 15 is, is literally loaded this with, with verses one through 16. And he talks about bearing fruit. And he said, the father is glorified that we bear much fruit. And, and I really believe the fruit that he's speaking. He said, I, I I want you to bear fruit and fruit that remains. And it literally said it's here that he introduces us to his disciples. He said, and you are my disciple. I don't call you uh, servants. I call you friends. And greater love has no man this than he laid on his life for his friends. And I've called you my friends. And literally the fruit of that friendship, that his discipleship was more than just religious uh, uh, cognitive training. They began to build a relationship. And by this shall all the world know you're my disciples. By the love you have for one another, they fell in love with each other. Agape with each other. They became best of friends. I believe the fruit he's speaking to is that kind of relational Thing When I was in Bible college, they tell me, they said, now you need to keep yourself separate from the flock because the officers don't mix with the enlisted men. What? Jesus didn't do that. He went right among them. He was very transparent. He lived a life that they saw how he lived. No, we don't want to do it. There's a separation here. No, that ain't the separation. I separate from the world, but I ain't separating from people that love Jesus. We be brethren. And that's it. There ain't ain't no title hanging around my neck when I'm with people. I'm just terrible. Stay with it. Watch carefully. What fruit are we talking about? Verse 21. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But He that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. Many. How come he keeps saying that word? How come he keeps saying many that in dealing in the context of Christianity? Why does he say many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? These are gifted people. They prophesied. And in your name, we cast out devils. In your name, we've done many wonderful works and miracles and demonism. I mean, wow. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Therefore, whoever hears these, oh, excuse me. Let me just back it up. Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. Let's back it up to the very beginning. Not everyone that says unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven. What? They have to do the will of the father. Now, one of the big gospels of grace, these ravening wolves are teaching today. Well, that's work salvation, brother. That's work. You're saying it's by works. You're going to stand before God, you lying devil. You greasy, grace, sloppy, agape, foul-mouthed, lying devil. You deceitful worker. I'm telling you, you're going to stand before God. And people who have no work to show are going to be sent to hell, and they're going to be screaming your name. But he said, MacArthur said, but Stanley said. And he's going to say, I never knew you. I believe MacArthur will be screaming it. Turn to John chapter 7 real quick. John 7. Look at verse 14. Jesus answered and said to them, Though I bear record of myself... I think I'm in right... No, I'm, excuse me, i have turn to chapter Excuse me. Chapter 7. Verse, verse 14. Here we go. Now I'm on it. Now about the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and taught and the Jews marveled saying, how does this man know letters having never learned? Jesus answered them and said, my doctrine is not mine, but His that sent me. So Jesus said, I teach the doctrine of God. Okay. If any man will do his God's will, if any man will do God's will, he shall know of the doctrine. Whether it be of God or whether I speak of myself. He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. But he that seeks his glory that's, uh, seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true and no unrighteousness is in him. This may be the most telling verse there is on how to discern between right and wrong in doctrine. If the doctrine is trying to say, what does God want from me? what would God have me to do? Then you are reading the Bible in a correct way and you will find the will of God. But when you're saying, what can God do for me? You are literally walking into the broad way that leads to destruction. The narrow way is going to say, man, God wants you to do this. And you say, Lord, Lord, If you're willing, please don't make me drink that cup. I don't like what I'm hearing. God, I don't really want to do that, but not what I want. Your will be done, Father. See, it's the only way to understand what God's saying is whatever we don't care about ourselves, we care about God. Most so-called Christianity is just souped up humanism That all they want is their own desire. What can God do for me? And that's how most altar calls appeal to you. Come to God. He's going to fix your marriage. Come to God. He's going to heal you. Come to God. He's going to give you a better job. Come to God. He'll give you some money. None of them are the reason to come to God. Come to God because you're a wicked, evil sinner who have literally rebelled against your maker. And if you don't repent, you're going to go into eternal damnation and eternal destruction, which is due and right and fitting. Go back to Matthew 7. If that in clarity, he said, depart from me. He said, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? He said, Depart from me. I don't know you, but only him that does the will of my father in heaven. Many are going to say this is one of the most frightening three verses in Scripture. Not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Jesus called the Pharisees out on this. He said, with your mouth, you profess me and your works, you deny me. But he that does the will of my father, which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied? And in your name, we've cast out devils in your name. We did wonderful works and I will profess to them. I never knew you depart from me, you that work iniquity. You just kept sinning. Now, let me conclude. It says it. Therefore, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Look at this. Whoever hears these saying of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Oh, wow. Jesus taught works. You had to do his sayings. You heard the sayings. and you, oh gosh, I could hear MacArthur just literally putting Jesus in his place right about now. And then the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a fool, foolish man which built his house upon the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. I've seen so many houses fall in 41 years. It grieves me to even think back of watching their demise. I've seen them swept off the foundations of sand till nothing's left but scorched earth. I've watched them come. I've watched them go. And I'm no fool. I guarantee you. As long as I keep hearing the sayings of Jesus, I'm going to keep doing them because I don't want to be swept away in this flood. Let me finish the last few words here. There's a summary written right after These aren't Jesus speaking anymore. It came to pass when Jesus entered these things, the people were astonished at his doctrine. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Astonished means, go look it up. It's like getting hit in the head. For the last hour or so, You've heard preaching like you don't normally hear. That ain't what you said. God loves me. They told me on Caleb, God loves me. He told me four hundred times that God loves me and has a plan for my life. And you just messed that. Up. Oh, i Now not feel bad. I have to go get my sermon series from Joel Osteen out. I'll feel better. They were stunned. I hope. This hits you so hard in the head you can't sleep. I hope the Holy Ghost conviction comes on you to where you cannot shut your eyes. The conviction of God, the arrows of God sink so deep in your heart you can't sleep, you can't rest until you do business with God. Do you repent of your false doctrine in your selfish way? Repent of trying to use Jesus for your own gain. And preacher, hear me carefully. Repent. Maybe you just got caught up. Maybe you started well and you just got caught up. If all these guys, these are how my peers, man, go back to your first love. Shuck it all. I don't care if you lose everything. Stop, go back and get a job. Do whatever. Don't do this anymore. Quit being a false preacher. If there's any hope, listen to what I'm saying. Quit it. Well, well, God bless you, I hope this is still available on Facebook when I get done. Because I've just broken every rule going tonight. Every community standard has been violated except for the ones in the kingdom of God. God bless you. I pray these teachings go right to your heart. We are so thankful that you joined us for this teaching today. It's our sincere prayer that many of you would be born again through hearing God's Word. If you were blessed by this podcast, we would love to hear from you. For more information on Oikos Ministries, visit us on our website, www.housechurchesusa.com.